You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul. My name is Rob. And we've got a very interesting episode for you today, kind of talking about, uh, once again, planning out for making that transition from your full-time position um, into the drone life. And this particular particular person, um, it's really interesting um, because they are in a very technical field, uh, quote-unquote bread and butter is in the creative field. Yet it seems like he has a great opportunity um, to really build his business right away. So uh, I think this will be a good one. I agree. Yeah, no, I I think, uh, well, how should I say this? Hopefully we can help change his perspective a little bit on kind of the way he should pursue this. Yeah. I hope, in a beneficial way. Hope to do that. Also hope to give some um, succinct details of, of making that transition, that plan. Um, and, you know, I have some questions for you uh, regarding... Uh, any particular transitions as well. Some economic questions, like macroeconomic questions. Ooh, might fun. have a. F- I'm wondering how much of a role that may have in making... Well, I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Oh, fantastic. Well, I so will we'll- be your economist extraordinaire. <laughs> you know, Rob, I think... Yeah, you Only got- yours, though, not yours, yeah, because yeah. Uh, you guys don't want to trust me for that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Kona's here today, folks. Kona is here today. She's (laughs) making noise as usual. Well, let's go ahead and get right into today's question, which is brought to you by our in-person Drone U trainings. Join us for Flight Mastery Mapping or an experience training, which is five days of training that encompasses, check it out, aerial photography, aerial videography, orthomosaics, or should I say rapid orthomosaics. We're also going to be going over complex 3D modeling. This experience training is all about the construction field, but we're taking it to a much deeper level than I promise you've seen anywhere else. Why? Because we have the experience to do it. So we're going to be showing you the most common deliverables for these construction companies, but then how you can turn those common deliverables into unique assets for their marketing departments. We're actually going to have some construction guests there with us. Um, you have to join us. Check it out, experience.thedroneu.com. We're going to be doing this experience training in May in the Rocky Mountains, in the beautiful, beautiful mountainous setting. Um, we haven't locked our location down just yet, but we've got a couple of places we've already looked at. Very, very beautiful. We'll be mapping those areas. We'll also be doing trainings all week long. And then we're going to end that training with a gamified challenge, the Drone Pilot Challenge. What are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be forcing all eight pilots. The training is limited to eight people, of which three seats are already gone. So um, what we're going to be doing is forcing all of them to actually go through a drone job. They'll have the sixth day to complete their drone job. Although the secret, Rob, is that we give out all the deliverables at the beginning of the week to see how many people put in the effort during the week during their flight exercises to gather the necessary media for that challenge. They'll all be judged by our instructors and some other industry experts for an opportunity to win a small cash prize. I have to say the experience training that we did in Texas last year was 
absolutely my favorite training ever. Um, and we are looking forward to doing this all over again. Check it out, experience.thedroneu.com. Hi, Paul. Hi, Rob. This is Justin from Vancouver Island, Canada in Nanaimo and British Columbia. And I'm an advanced drone pilot for one of the largest civil engineering companies in Canada. We're approximately 1,500 employees. I'm a CAD designer, CAD draftsman, and um, RPA pilot for the company. I have a side business that I'm maybe making like $1,000 a year since 2021. And uh, I've done a couple of real estate jobs on the side, civil engineering, construction, videography, some mapping. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to make my side business my permanent business. And I was wondering what advice you have. I have a website built and uh, half the services on my website, I project manage through the civil engineering company I work for. And the other half, the videography and the photography is my bread and butter. And uh, I'm hoping to get better at real estate and break into that market. Because right now I'm just working as a draftsman designer and RPA pilot. But I was wondering what advice you have. I hope to make my Facebook and Instagram page better, but I feel the algorithms are working against me for some reason. And I hope they get out more. And uh, yeah, just wondering what advice you could give for a business owner. Thanks. Awesome, Justin. Thank you. First of all, it sounds like you've got some really cool experience. And uh, you're working in a field very directly as part of your day job, so to speak, that could truly benefit you in your drone business. And so I think we want to talk a little bit about that and make sure you leverage that because it doesn't sound like that's your plan. Maybe we're misunderstanding, but we want to make sure that you think of it in those terms. Yeah. And while I think it is important to say that no matter how hard you work, you can make certain things happen. What I would say, real life experience here, and I wonder how many other pilots would agree with me. It seems like creative jobs may not have the consistency um, that some of these more technical jobs, like what he's already doing, um, might have. And so that brings up a very powerful question is, you know, if you're already working in the technical field, you're already working in civil engineering, you're already familiar with DXF files, AutoCAD-based, you know, imagery and deliverables, why not run with that? You know, why not run with your existing um, knowledge to build deliverables that, may fit the audience or network that you might already have. It might be a much easier barrier to entry than, say, trying to focus on videography, photography, which might give you that creative freedom and make you feel good. Um, You know, I think we all uh, operate in waves. Mm -hmm. And I think that while that may be really enticing, really sound fantastic, you might be happier in the long run with more consistent higher profitability, higher paying jobs. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to find a balance between where your, specifically your best opportunity lies and what you truly enjoy and want to do, right? I don't necessarily get the sense that, because you mentioned real estate, I don't get the sense that you're passionate per se about that, but rather that it seems like a good entry point for you. But I think the argument that we're suggesting be made is that your entry point is probably more primed in the more technical elements of the business because you've got some experience doing some really 
related things. Um, and so that's going to give you a leg up. And so unless, for example, he has somebody in the real estate industry that is going to give you jobs day one or something along those lines, which you didn't mention that. I don't know that I would focus on that um, because that's where a lot of folks focus when they go into the business and rightfully so, but you have an opportunity, it sounds like, to do something different. So I think that's what we're thinking. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, to that point, it might be popular and low hanging fruit to go after real estate, but honestly, the, the real estate market just saw a 28 year low in mortgage applications, according to FHA. Um, FHA, is it F, not FHA, um, the VA, excuse me, veteran. Yeah. Anyway, long story <laughs> short. Sorry, I had to get my data source according right to there. some government. According Wait. to something I read on Zero Hedge. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been all over Bloomberg and everything. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic, basic real estate numbers. But but to that point, you know, that may be a popular entry point for a lot of people, a lot of drone pilots. But I think you're going to get so much more traction and again, with exactly what Rob said is those those higher end technical clients doing drone mapping, orthos, modeling, you know, anything VDC related, because you're already probably familiar with that field. And why, you know, if you already have all the that network, you know, at the top, I would call it the top of the drone pilot navigation. Why would you sink down a chute and then have to climb up a bunch of ladders to get back to drone mapping and profitability? Well, because because he has kids and that's a lot of fun to play that game with him. <laughs> I don't know. We Savage, used to play that I way love, too much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, you understood my analogy though, you know, it's like oh, all too well. Hey, if you're starting at the top, why, why hurt yourself and start at the yeah, bottom, you know? And ladders. That's funny. Nicely played. <laughs> Nicely played. Well, but, okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I have no, one more I was thing just going to say in terms of videography and photography, there's some folks that that's just, they love doing that, right? And that's why I made the point earlier is you've got to find that balance. And if you love doing that, then make opportunities for that. But ultimately, it sounds as though he is also looking for guidance on how do I just start and grow my business regardless of what I'm doing. Yeah. But I think one of the ways is to do what you know. And man, you could be practicing. I presume you already are. You said you're a pilot for the company with 1,500 employees. Goodness gracious. Do you know how many pilots are going to be listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I wish that were me. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think a couple of points, you know, I'm not trying to say that, you know, mapping pilots are better than creative pilots are better than anything. We all have different personality types and we all have different desires. I just think that we have found in our data and, and Rob mentioned just last week, he wants us to do another aerial insights survey with, uh, with all of our people and kind of get an industry update on where things are. I think it's a good idea. And I think what we have found in, in past historical data is that the average price point for technical jobs is much higher than uh, some creative work. And I think I think creative work has a limited runway, comparatively speaking, to technical work. What do you mean by that? Can you go deeper? I into... mean, like if you look at the uh, the journey of a videographer, right? And you can do car commercials. You can. OK, let's start at the bottom. Let's just say um, real estate, short term, short form uh, video like Instagram reels. Okay. And then you've got, uh, let's just call it car commercials, um, small business productions, maybe then wedding videography, but ultimately you're moving up into what probably like flying on set, flying for the movies. And in all honesty, uh, 
different people have different opinions. I would say that my opinion is that I was not fulfilled in that environment. Um, it's really cool to like say that you've done it and worked on these things. And that is really cool. But after a while, you realize the type of toxic environment that it is. And you're like, some of them, some of them. And you, you Hollywood, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any extension of that place? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, Ooh, I'm not, there's so many things I want to say, and I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to not say. No, you don't really need to not. say anything. People yeah. get it. Yeah, I will just say, like, if you talk to anyone who's worked on set for a prolonged period of time, and you just say the word ego, watch their facial reaction after you say just that word. You don't have to say anything else. Yeah, they either have like me, or it's frazzled. Yeah. And I mean, like even gosh, there's every one of these little like little points you could do an entire podcast on like the sliding scale of ego because you have to have confidence to become a drone pilot, but you can't have too much confidence. Otherwise, you shoot yourself in the foot. Well, I also you know? think that I mean, if we're going to talk that realm of movie sets and so forth, it's cutthroat. It's so savage you, for sure. So you like I remember starting into my accounting career, believe it or not, in a CPA firm. And there's some cutthroat that goes on there, right? Because everybody's trying to claw their way to that next level, that next place of leadership. It's nothing compared to the Hollywood situation, the set situation. Yeah. The the union situation. I mean, just all of that that goes along in that world. But anyways, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's what people want to do. You, if I mean, up and where he is. But is it a status thing or is it something that a true purpose thing? Because I think if you go after anything for status, you're going to hit that. You're going to attain it. And then you're going to realize that's not what you wanted to begin with. True. No. Um, I would say if in terms of the videography and the photography side, where Justin lives is so beautiful. Oh. I mean, he's in he's in Canada, in the Vancouver area. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I went up there for, I think, our 25th anniversary, which seems like forever ago. And it is incredibly beautiful. And just, I mean, I don't know, you could take a lot of, you could get a lot of footage and probably just sell it. Yeah. I right? mean, so there's a lot of things that you could do with that as well. And the stock footage game is is a game in itself for sure. It but is. kind of reeling back in, one question I wanted to ask you before we go into some of the common ways that we've answered this question with other people in different unique settings. But one of the common questions that I want to ask you, Rob, as someone who has a vast amount of experience in the mortgage world, someone who has a vast amount of experience in the equity world, and someone who has a vast amount of experience in the life world, that was not an old person joke. Anyway, my point is this. The shoe fits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be a little ornery here, Rob. Um, but my question is this. Um, with the mortgage, what we know about mortgage rates. Yeah. What we know about um, the supply and demand of homes. What we know about uh, the housing market being a precursor for the overall equity market and the equity market pertaining to the world that we live in and work in. Do you think that the macro, let me ask you a series of questions. I'll start one by one. Um, let me, do you think the macro environment right now is uh, going to help facilitate a uh, transformation into a full-time business owner? Or are there certain parts of the market cycle that help people start and run businesses? Like, I can't tell you how many people I know that, you know, out of the 2008 uh, market crash, 
they started their business and they say that they were crazy successful. I also know a lot of other people who tried to make that transition to an entrepreneur during a market, uh, an impending market crash and failed miserably. I mean, are there good times or bad times during that market cycle? Is an impending recession should that weigh on a decision to transform from a full-time employee to a full-time drone pilot? A lot of questions there. <laughs> I, I said I'd do one. That was like five. <laughs> that was more like 16. But anyways. <laughs> Sorry, my mind's just ripping. I think that you definitely have to consider the timing, mm -hmm. but not overanalyze the timing because there is a risk of aim, 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 and never firing, right? Mm. And then your bullets go bad. So I would say it takes into account. So yes, you take into account kind of the expectations for the economy and what's to come. But what I think I would do with that is I would make adjustments I wouldn't make definitive changes necessarily. And all of this depends on, so for example, this particular gentleman, Justin, what kind of reserves does he have? And let's say you've got X amount of reserves and you see a recession and so you're ready and you don't want to wait anymore and don't feel like you should wait anymore. And you've got a couple of opportunities that suggest now's the time. But you also see this impending recession that some have said could be worse than others for because of various factors that we won't necessarily get into here. But you say, okay, I'm still going to move forward, but I'm going to prolong staying in the job that I have. Like I'm going to work harder or I'm going to save more money before I really step out. So I would definitely be making adjustments like that. But I think for me, and I have very, very real experience with this because I left a fairly lucrative public accounting job to start a business for which I had never earned a penny and didn't know what I was doing when we, I left public accounting and started the mortgage in, uh, business. And I remember thinking if I try to say, I want to have this much money before I start, or I need to make sure this is happening before I start, I'm never going to start. So we just did it. I went and talked to the partners and said, I'm out. And they said, you're crazy. And I said, I know. And uh, <laughs> the rest is history. So I would make adjustments, I guess, is, this, is the point that I'm making. But when it comes to you got to do it. When it comes to reserves, what do you think is an adequate level of reserves? Because, I mean, you know, considering what I was doing outside of DroneU to build up um, you know, my drone business is it seemed like it took about 18 months to truly be able to live mm -hmm. if I was going to live off of that income. But I mean, is there a formula for better understanding what type of reserves you should have? Because I, I think a recession is going to make it a lot harder, but it could also present a lot of opportunities. Exactly. And I think the other thing, if I'm hearing your answer correctly, is that hustle can overcome planning. Hustle might be able to overcome hardship as well. Totally. And, and you made a point there that I think is really important to stress. And that is that there could be greater opportunity going into and through a recession because I think other people are going to be backing off. Don't be the one that's backing off. And a lot of people have said this about marketing in a recession. A lot. Of, I've talked to Daniel about this a lot, a good friend. And a lot of folks 
they start backing off on marketing during recessions. And sometimes they don't have a choice. They have to. But if you have the means, it's a good time to press forward in marketing and uh, spend more and work harder. But in terms of your question specifically about reserves, man, it is so dependent on your situation. So for example, if you're a single guy who can live on $1,500 a month because of roommates, because you don't, you drive an old car, which I think if you're in the position I would, I wouldn't be spending 700 bucks a month on a car payment. Of course, I wouldn't do that anyways. Yikes. But, um, <laughs> 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 no, but the point is it really depends on your situation. If you've got a wife who's at home and, and you don't want her to work because you want her to be at home with the kids. Don't shoot me for saying that. You, it, I'm, you don't have to have that perspective. The models work for hundreds of years. Care. We're not going to talk about it. If Yeah, my wife works, blah, blah, blah. Okay, anyways. I can just, <laughs> okay. I can just hear the pushback on uh, that comment. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's a very different situation. I might say at least a year for that. Of, and that's going to be a year times a bigger number mm. versus if you're a single guy who lives with roommates, that's maybe six months times a lower number. So it really depends on your situation and you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Mm. Man, a lot of, lot of important points in there. But um, I think also for Justin, in terms of getting more business, number one, I think you should come take the marketing class that Paul did that is available to members. That's a no brainer. It's going to give you a lot of answers. It also helps understand the two kind of types of marketing that you have organic and paid and how to set yourself up on the organic side, mm -hmm. which I find to be much more lucrative. Now, that said, he mentioned that the social media algorithms are working against him. The hardest lesson that I've learned in social media over the last three or four years is consistency is everything. Yeah. Like I didn't post uh, other than twice last week and it's already hurting us and I've got to, you know, get back on it today. And so consistency is key. But I think consistency is also key with organic uh, SEO, with or with organic marketing as a whole. But I appreciate the shout out on the uh, on the class there, Rob. And I think it would be really helpful to many of you. But you know, in regards to having reserves, in regards to having these opportunities, you know, one question that I have sitting here that you you hit, and that's why I snapped my fingers. I was like, aha! I wonder. We already know that a lot of tech companies, a lot of cyclicals are already cutting jobs at mass scale. Now, there is a huge deviation in the BLS numbers, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, on the amount of unemployed versus job-seeking people. Um, and, you know, there was just an article the other day in Forbes regarding how um, BLS numbers deviate from people like uh, Indeed.com's numbers where less and less uh, people are actually looking for jobs versus, you know, how many available jobs there are, essentially showcasing that the jobs market may not be as strong as we think. That said, do you think if there was uh, an economic slowdown or recession, do you think that this would change the tide for enterprise companies to be hiring internally or going back to the contractor model? Do you for think, drone pilots specifically? Yeah, specifically. Do you think that that's going to kind of change the tide on, okay, we've been hiring internally, we've been hiring internally, holy cow, the expenses of that are too much, we're going to dump all those people and we're going to pay a contractor. It may be 20% more than what we were paying, but we don't have to pay benefits, we don't have to worry about all this other crap, it's just paying a contractor. Could you see a title change because of a recession in how drone pilots are hired? 
And that is such an ebb and flow thing, even to this day, in terms of what's happening with drone pilots on staff, so to speak, versus DSPs. I think we're hearing two things. One is, yes, I think we're going to see more. They're kind of moving back to contract, right, Mm -hmm. to DSPs. But also another big thing that is happening more and more is that they're not hiring drone pilots per se. They're teaching people that are already working for them doing other things. Mm -hmm. Say somebody that's working for one of the big cell tower companies and goes around and does inspections by climbing poles, they'll just teach that person how to fly drones. Well, and that's exactly what we saw with American Tower. Exactly. And I think if they have people that are already employees that are inclined and can handle it, I hope they're doing the right sort of assessments to determine if that's actually a thing, meaning that those people can handle it because they're not necessarily going to be acclimated towards, that's not the right word, but inclined towards flying a drone, right? And everything that goes along with that. So, but I think there's going to be some time for discovery. And yeah, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of, I mean, we just take the clients that we do have that are enterprise and uh, I don't see them hiring external drone pilots to come in and specifically be drone pilots. Yeah. I don't, we don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, man, I really want the data on that one. Uh, Cause I think that you're right. The ebb and flow without the market conditions has been uh, unpredictable at best. Mm-hmm. And we've been seeing many different things across the industry, especially it's becoming more nuanced on these different audiences and groups. I think that that's important to say as well. But moving back into our caller's question regarding prepping for the transition, we've talked about reserves. Um, I think one thing that needs to be said is if you don't have your business canvas, like your plan, you don't need to have a super detailed plan. You just need to have a general plan of like, okay, I have my website. Do I have frequently asked questions of what, you know, I'm going to be asked? Do I have articles or blog posts about what it's like to hire a pilot in Vancouver? or um, What to know when flying around X or Y? Um, you know, talking about those various landmarks and whatnot, do you have uh, methodologies of consistent production of content to show off to your prospective clients? Do you have ideas for lead magnets for information that they're going to want to garnish? And maybe they give you their email for that information so you can put them into some sort of funnel. Um, You know, do you have uh, methodologies of consistently networking? And do you have an idea of how much all of this is going to cost you? And do you have an idea of the on-ramp, how long it's going to take you to make that consistent income. Again, I think Rob and I would sit here and argue confidently that you're already in one of the most uh, profitable uh, verticals of the drone industry as a whole. And to step out of that to do something like real estate makes all of us scratch our heads. Um, I would say be really, really careful what you listen to on various uh, video platforms, because a lot of people, they don't really talk from experience. And that can drive poor information. And at the end of the day, we're just biased. Yeah, that that too. At the end of the day, we we genuinely want to help you. We're, we're not here for any other reason. Uh, we love drone you and we love the opportunity to build confidence in other people. And we love the opportunity to feel that true happiness of helping someone achieve something that they never thought they could achieve. That's what drives us. And so I think that the information is based a little bit more on reality. Sometimes it may not be easy to hear, but at the end of the day, you know what the the bluntest teacher of life is, is failures in business. And those can also be opportunities. As Winston Churchill said, it's not your ability to, to 
fail or um, be successful. It's your ability to maintain that relentless spirit between the failures and the successes. And so I think that that's really important is consistency. And as much as as easy as it is to understand how important consistency is in social media, I think that that particular analogy is analogous to every part of your business is how are you creating a blocking your schedule, managing all these different hats, automating as much as you can. I think if you have a really robust business plan and as Stacy Sacco for the Dean of uh, School of Anderson once told me, the only way that I could determine if a business was going to be truly successful is could they answer the really, really hard questions and have a palpable plan of how they would solve those problems? If yes and yes, I believed and they would prove to be successful. So there you go. Yeah, that was, I I really enjoyed this show, Rob, because I think yeah, there's, there's a lot to consider uh, in many decisions in our businesses that also revolve around macroeconomics. And it's something I love discussing with you because you're you're the expert in that realm. No, and, I am not. <laughs> so. No, I am not. I am a very uh, curious person. And so we yeah. have that in common, I think. But anyways, Justin, I hope that we have given you some things that are positive to think about and can kind of spur you onto, uh, onto some good things for your company. Let us know if you have follow-up questions. We'd love to hear from you. I know we talked for a while, so hopefully it was <laughs> some value in there. And uh, again, we always look forward to follow-up questions if you have any. Definitely askdroneu.com. We're here to help you throw those drone questions, those business questions, and those mapping questions in to Ask Drone You. Thanks for joining us today. As always, my name is Paul. And I am Rob. This is Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.